0: Hi everybody, welcome back to Eyes on the Right Podcast. I'm your host, Amy, and we are gonna be diving into Taylor Swift today. We're gonna be talking about how music influences society. We all know this, that we live in a celebrity-obsessed culture, and part of the reason why I wanted to start this podcast and why I started my page seven years ago is to wake people up to how social media, celebrities, political figures, just society in general, um, in the media really influence us. And actually, it's brilliant. I mean, to prop up idols, right? To prop up idols in society that allows us to look at them and idolize them and whatever they say, we're going to jump on board with that. This is a genius idea for those in the know and for those that are trying to influence our society. And, and really, these are these evil elitists, because they don't want you thinking with your own free mind, they want to influence you, they want to push you towards a new world order, a one world agenda, and they will utilize anybody and everybody to get there. And Taylor Swift is one of those people. Um, I know a lot of you guys have seen her recent and quote, relationship with Travis, Travis Kelsey. And we're going to talk about the um, importance of the number 33 in the occult and numerology and what that means in secret societies. And we're also going to talk about October 4th, what is going on on October 4th and how that impacts us, what we can do. Are we going to be led by fear or are we going to push through that, wake up and start making decisions and taking back our God-given freedoms and and right to think? Um, this is a really important part that Part of this process of waking up that a lot of us have done in 2016, 2017, all the way up to 2020 was a big year for so many people to wake up to what the world system really looks like. Part of this process, everyone, is to start taking back your right to think and right to question and your right to process and pray and ask for wisdom and discernment. I talked about that on, on my last podcast. And... I wanted to just kind of touch on that briefly. It was titled the false light movement and the false light is the opposite of the true light, right? If something is false, there has to be truth. And that truth is Jesus Christ. That truth is the one true light is him. And so what Satan does is he imitates, he infiltrates. I say this all the time. And he does this because the one true God is who he desires to overtake And the world leaders, those in the Illuminati bloodlines, those in power, they are the ones that are trying to manipulate us to bring about this one world order, new world order that we hear talked about all the time. And this is part of their plan and they're moving toward this, but we can wake up, we can shatter the matrix, we can shatter the paradigm that they've tried to put us into, And start to think on our own. All right. So let's give a little bit of history about who Taylor is and how she started or how they tell us she started. I want to make that little caveat because a lot of times the story that they tell us about their upbringing is a variation of the truth. And sometimes it's a huge deviation from what the real truth is. And I know a lot of people will say, "Well, I went to high school with her, and you know, I knew her. I grew up in the same town she did," and that may be true. But you guys, there's so much about these people's lives that are a mystery, and they keep it that way on purpose. Um, this is part of the system and way it, the way it operates, and. If you read any any books like um, The Making of an Illuminati Slave by Fritz Springmeier, or any other author that touches on this subject, this is part of what they do. They create a facade around these people and they build it up to produce their story of what they want you to see them as. So keep that in mind, I mean, with anybody. And so whether Taylor is a bloodline member of a bloodline family, or whether she was scouted um, and found out by the system to produce an agenda for them. I don't know. And it's difficult to tell. However, later in the podcast, we're going to bring in some interesting, what a lot of people say are conspiracies, but there's a lot of interesting puzzle pieces that tie her to a certain founder of the Church of Satan, Anton LaVey, and his daughter, Zena LaVey. So we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But let's go back to her history. She was found out in um, Tennessee, she was discovered and apparently she had been playing music her whole life. But she came out and she started to open up for shows like Tim McGraw, Faith Hill, Brad Paisley. So she really was opening for these country stars. And As she progressed and and released some of her albums, many of you will remember in 2009 at the VMAs when she went through what many believe, and I do believe as well, is a humiliation ritual. And there's variations of this. One example is when Will Smith and Chris Rock did the infamous slap heard across the world. You guys remember that? That was an example of a humiliation ritual as well as men dressing up as women. And I mean, I know now that's the norm, but, um, back then, you know, you see these men dressing up as women and I did a whole podcast on this. So go back to one of my first ones. Um, cross dressing, I believe is the name of that one. And it ties in the McMartin preschool case. So if you haven't listened to that one, go back and check that one out. Talk more about that. But she opened up for these people, like I said, and then in 2009, she went through this humiliation ritual and basically what happened was kanye west came on the stage and he kind of made this huge show took her her award at the VMA, and said that beyonce should have won and thus ensued beyonce coming up and she you know allowed her to finish a speech for her and it was just this whole scripted now that was very scripted and this is where you have to have that wisdom and discernment to like okay this is acting right And it's part of the whole process. So 2009, this happens. And it's interesting that Beyonce was the one that she was basically um, up against in terms of the award at that specific show at the VMAs. And now look at 2023, who else is on tour at the same time she launched her tour, Eras tour, um... Beyonce is on her Renaissance tour right now so I just think that's kind of interesting something to note so moving forward in time Taylor is definitely getting more and more popular and around 2017 she does a public campaign and she purges her social media accounts and posts and videos she takes everything down and she posts this video of a hissing snake as she releases her sixth album reputation. Now, if you've seen any of the pictures that I posted, um, in regards to this album, you will see that this whole idea of a snake comes on and it's interesting that it's her number six album, right? And the number six is the number of man, which we all know, six, 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 what that indicates. So she does this huge transformation almost. And this is, I think, I mean, you guys could disagree with me, but I, this is really where you see, this shift start to happen. She really turns from kind of the squeaky clean girl next door playing her guitar to this darker, more over sexualized woman. And um, I think that that was deliberate. I think they did that on purpose. And if you start to look back at other celebrity um, musicians like Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, I mean, you can go down the line um, you will start to see how they start off very innocent, they get a very young fan base, and then somewhere along the line, they switch, they become oversexualized, and they turn their music to a darker, um, more, you know, just kind of more evil, really, type of music. And this is what we see happening with Taylor as well. So when she releases the music video, Look What You Made Me Do, you can really start to see this occult Symbolism that you know, their handlers, the people in the know they they push this blatantly to bring about what they want us to see. And many people that don't understand this type of symbolism won't see it. It will just look like, you know, a random video. But really, what they're doing in the higher levels of the occult entertainment industry is pushing this video symbolically to describe what is happening to the star. And it's really quite interesting because as you watch this video, you can start to see how it's very linear. It's very coherent. It's a narrative at hand and it really describes monarch programming. So just to touch on this a little bit, you you see the beginning of the video, she comes up, she's like a zombie Taylor Swift and she's rising up from the dead. As you move forward in the video, see Taylor laying down and she has her arms crossed over her body and it's signifying this death now this is where i believe her real rebirth started because this x is very significant it's osiris rising or osiris risen and it ties back to Aleister crowley and it's this idea of rebirth now mind you when you think about the bible when we get baptized, fully submersed in the water and we come out and we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, that is that is called being born again. Well, the occult and the elitists and those Satanists and Luciferians had their version of rebirth. They want to be this phoenix coming out of the ashes, so to speak. And this idea of Osiris, which was an Egyptian god, was their fascination with coming back and being birthed into this new enlightened version of themselves. And when we move into this idea of what the number 33 means, this will start to make sense for you guys, because I know a lot of you have questions about what does the 33 mean? What is all of this? And I want to help try to explain that for you, because once you kind of understand that, it starts to make sense. So we see her with the X over her over her and then you see this idea of a rebirth is an idea of moving into a new persona and that's exactly what we saw with Taylor moving forward in time even after this video is released but then we see her corpse or her laying down and it's juxtaposed with this new person this is when she's laying in the diamonds and the jewelry in the bathtub now just to touch on the bathtub symbolism it's multifaceted but Generically speaking, it goes back to what I was saying about the rebirth. Because, as in Christianity, you're baptized into the water and you come out. This idea of the baptism in a bathtub is the same idea. And it goes back to ritual cleansing, it goes back to going in the grave and coming out again. And it goes back to, in secret societies, specifically skull and bones, you will see that part of their ritual is going into a coffin. And then coming out, staying there for a spe- specific amount of time, and so this is representative of that. And the jewels in this um, in this bathtub are indicative to this higher level sex kitten MK Ultra beta slave. And this is what mind control monarch programming is. It goes all the way back to the fifties. In fact, the very first presidential monarch um, beta kitten slave was said to be Marilyn Monroe. And this is, you know, whenever they dress up as Marilyn, they're paying back this kind of homage or they're even showing their potentially their Marilyn Monroe beta kitty persona. So it could be one of the two, but back to her music video, she's laying in this jewelry and it's showing that she is rising up to this new level now. Just to quote from um, Fritz Springmeier's book, he says, For bona fides and recognition signals, the monarch slaves wear diamonds to signify they are presidential models, rubies to signify their Oz programming, meaning Wizard of Oz, for prostitution, and emeralds to signify their programming to do drug business. Now, whether this has changed since Fritz wrote this or not, or if there's variations of what the jewels mean, there absolutely could be. But overall, the, the diamonds mean that they are the top level of monarch slaves that you can be, and that is what the diamond programming means. So moving forward in the music video, you see Taylor then sitting in a red dress and she's crowned high priestess. And why this is indicative of a high priestess, it goes to the tarot card, the high priestess tarot card, where the woman is depicted between the two pillars of Freemasonry, um, Joaquin and Boaz. And Taylor is playing this part as this high priestess in the industry. And We've seen that Madonna has done this and other women in the industry have done this as well. And so here she is and there's snakes everywhere and it's really leading you into this idea that it's tying her into this kind of evil, symbolic representation of going back to the garden, right? Adam and Eve, that Lucifer or the snake, the old dragon, the devil, who is the serpent, he is bringing about this enlightenment, this gnosis, this higher level of thinking. And an enlightenment or an illuminated one is really what Illuminati means. And this is what she's representing here, sitting in this red dress between the two pillars. And I'm not going to go through this whole video, but as you move through it, you see birdcage symbolism, which is another um, monarch programming idea of being caged, right? Their minds are caged. You see Taylor wearing a kitty mask. Masks are used in the Illuminati. Um, You see clones and all sorts of things in this, these kind of lifeless bots that are in this, these future beta kittens that are being programmed, could even allude to cloning. So Here we see Taylor, the old Taylor is dead, and the new rebirth Taylor of a new persona is alive. And after we move from this, you really start to see a difference in who Taylor is. And it's really interesting as you move forward um, through the timeline of how she came to popularity because moving forward into current day, it's 2023, but when she first put on her sales for her tickets for the heiress tour it was in 2022 and that was the year 33 where she turned 33 in 2022 and um so it's interesting as she is on tour right now she's 33 years old and um she's one of the top I mean if not the top pop stars I mean I know that there are other ones like Beyonce and such but she has 273 million followers just on her Instagram alone. And as we go through some of these stats um, later on, when I tie in the whole, the jab and the Pfizer stuff with Travis Kelsey, you're going to start to see how this person, just her alone. Okay. Imagine you have all these other celebrities, um, athletes, et cetera, that are influencing the media or the masses. And when you start to see that just her alone has this much influence, it's pretty astounding. So a couple of other music videos of a recent, one of them is the Karma video. And I did a breakdown, a, a very small breakdown on this on my page, Eyes on the Right 4.0. But if you look at that video, you can see so much symbolism tying into all of the ancient goddess worship, Saturn, Venus. Um, you see the, the lassoing of Saturn that she does, her and the other gal in the, I think it's Ice Spice in that video, they go up the Freemasonry steps together. They're going up into enlightenment. And you also see so much of the MK Ultra where she's skipping down the yellow brick road. She's, you know, um, Dorothy. And that's, for those of you that don't know, Wizard of Oz was utilized as a mind control programming video and movie for slaves and going over the rainbow was dissociating. It was moving into a different personality. Have you seen the video of Demi Moore, where it's a horrible video, but she's in this restaurant and she's like kissing this younger boy and she's looking at him. And then all of a sudden the piano player starts playing somewhere over the rainbow and you completely see her switch. You almost see like a light bulb, like go on and off. And she turns directly to the piano player and starts singing the song. It's really kind of eerie once you, once you understand this stuff that this has been utilized on these people for for decades and many of these actresses are multi-generational actresses and they've been programmed through the system using mind control um, techniques. So in that video, you see her skipping down the yellow brick road. Um, You also see this kind of flipping over where she's kind of this good girl skipping down the road and then it flips over and she's in hell and she has this like Illuminati mask on masks are used for dissociation. Um, there you see them at the Rothschild Illuminati ball, right? They all have the masks on. There's a lot that goes into this with, um, mind control programming as well. But as you move forward throughout the video, you see more imagery of, um, the Sandman, which is the, um, the hourglass that links to Kronos and the Sandman, You guys know the song, Mr. Sandman, Bring Me a Dream. The Sandman is actually representative of Saturn or Kronos or Satan. And this is why when you hear these songs and you see there was a Netflix show called Mr. Sandman, I believe, and it was very representative of who they believe the Sandman is. He comes to steal our dreams. And when you look at this, And again, you've got to go back to a biblical lens. When you start to understand that this really is a battle of good and evil, it's a battle of God and the devil and all of his minions. And when you start to understand what the lens is, these people are looking through, it really starts to wake you up and you start to see it for what it is. And what these people are trying to do to us is they're trying to steal our minds. They're trying to put us in the metaverse, right? Put on those goggles and get into a whole different um, environment. And if they can capture your mind, which is part of your soul, your mind, will, and emotion is part of your soul, then they can capture and try to control you. So if you're aware of this though, this is a good news. If you are aware of this, then you can see it for what it is. The magic trick doesn't work anymore when you know how the magician is pulling the rabbit out of the hat, right? You you get it. And so this is why I like to break this stuff down is because I want you guys to be empowered by the fact that you're seeing through the tricks of the enemy. So I'm sure many of you guys saw some of the things that were happening at taylor's concerts and i just want to touch on this briefly but there were tons of videos going around and even the the video willow you can clearly see taylor in a circle with a cape on it looks very much like witchcraft you see her kind of moving this like these yellow or glowing orbs and moving around and um, at one of the concerts, there was a TikTok video going around where someone was screaming, summon the demons. And I really believe that there is a form of witchcraft going on here. And when I start to tie in her ties to potentially Zena and Anton LeBay, you might want to question it and take a, a, a harder look at what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not telling you all what to think. I'm not telling you to Um, what to do, but it is worth considering and it's worth praying about. So some of the concerts, um, like I said, there was, people were screaming, summon the demons. Um, There were even some tweets that Taylor said where she kind of alluded to the fact that, you know, she was okay with that, with like being associated with a witchcraft. And a lot of people were reporting suffering from amnesia after the concerts. Many, many reports, Um, just to read a couple of quotes that I found from some articles, people were saying they were having out-of-body experiences. Some said they felt like, and quote, they were dissociating. What does that make you think of? Um, If you guys have been following me for some time and listened to Nathan Reynolds' interview, dissociating is a huge part in splitting off in personalities and mind control. Um, other people said, I know I was there, but it felt like a dream. I can't remember. These, and I mean, take this one with, with a grain of salt. For me, having researched this stuff for quite some time now, these are warning signs because a lot of people will just write these things off as if, oh, they're, uh, you know, so excited that they forget what happened. And that could be part of it. But what happens at these concerts, and what has been happening at these concerts, at least since um, the Tavistock Institute was um, created, with the Beatles and the hippie movement and all of that, is they realize that these, that music and drugs, lighting, that can all influence a person to behave in a certain way. Now you also have alcohol thrown in there. You have an energy, if you will, because of the amount of people there and the music, etc., the excitement, the emotions going on. But I've talked about this quite a lot and there is something to be said about this. And even on a micro level, when you read testimonies of people that have been through mind control programming, lights, alcohol, drugs, sound, and music have all been used to cause people to fracture and dissociate. And could this potentially be something that is utilized at these concerts on a massive scale? Yes, absolutely. A resounding yes. I do believe that is true. We also have people that were passing out. They were throwing up. They were having panic attacks at these concerts. And there was even a reported 2.3 earthquake in Seattle at one of Taylor's concerts. So what is going on here? Um, I think that It begs the question Is there witchcraft going on here? Is there a form of witchcraft going on here? And witchcraft is involved in manipulating, controlling, dominating. It's all about the manipulation of the mind. And if, like I was saying with the Sandman example, if the enemy can do that, if he can get into your mind, this is why the Bible says, take captive your thoughts, right? You don't want your mind just blanking out and allowing anything to come in there to program you. If you can take captured those thoughts, then you are able to have more control over your mind. But if you can't, and you kind of allow yourself to dissociate and kind of numb out, there is a level of programming there that can take place and these things happen at concerts and they even happen when you're playing video games when you're watching tv it's part of this psychological programming process that these people know about i mean they have these in quote scientists who are implementing these things that they've learned these techniques along the way they know what they're doing so be aware of that this is really why i wanted to talk about this because the awareness is a huge part of this now we also saw taylor diving into a pool i don't know if she did this at all our concerts but i know early on in her tour she was diving into a pool and actually you saw a lot of people doing this kind of water ritual now once again the water is very important in the elements right you've got your water fire earth and air those are the four elements that they use in alchemy they use in witchcraft and I don't, I don't personally believe that this idea of her diving in was a rebirth of sorts. I think it ties into 2023 being the year of the water rabbit. This is why I think that there's a lot of alchemical type magic going on with flooding and also fires. You've got the opposites there. And it ties into the climate agenda because what they're trying to do is they're trying to create this massive, basically magic trick alchemically they're, if, if they're truly manipulating the weather, which I do believe on in some, on some levels they are, a lot of these cases with the fires and the flooding, specifically in Maui and such and Canada, then they are trying to create a climate agenda, a climate crisis. You saw all the world on fire imagery that the celebrities and artists like Dolly Parton were putting out. This is all by design. They are subtly implanting this into our minds to get us to come into this idea that yeah, wow, there is a climate crisis. There really is, um, we really do have to lessen our carbon footprint. This is part of their priming. This is part of their magic that they are trying to institute on the masses. And so when Taylor dives into this pool, this water is this form of transformation, but it's also this idea of alchemy. It's the elements of alchemy. You saw Beyonce in Dubai water. It was all about water. Okay. Um, it ties so much and it's, it, it is multifaceted. It's not linear. There's a lot of elements to this and a lot of facets to what they do. And a lot of it is, is, um, covered up. A lot of it is veiled. So Even myself going through this, knowing what I do, there's still a lot that I don't know that people online who are trying to decode this stuff, they don't know. There's a lot of facets to this that is still hidden and mysterious. And this is part of a secret society, right? The secrets. So I want to touch briefly on the tie-in with Zena LaVey, Anton LaVey, and Mariska Hargitay because... Oh, well, that rhymes. <laughs> um, because this is important. A lot of you guys have seen the side by sides of Zena LeVay and Taylor Swift. And this kind of ties into the whole idea of this satanic um, agenda, if you will. And Zena LaVey, just to give you a background, she is the daughter of Anton LeVay. Anton Levey is the founder of the Church of Satan. And his daughter, Zena and Taylor look eerily alike. I mean, it isn't just one or two pictures. It's Many, many, many pictures. Now, the interesting tie in here to Mariska Hardigay is that her and Taylor are close friends. And Mariska, for those of you guys that don't know, she was on the show Law and Order and she played the character Olivia Benson. Well, Taylor Swift named her cat Olivia Benson. And They've been seen together, and there's been articles about them. She's been to her concerts. There's this interesting tie-in with Mariska and Taylor. Now, here's where it gets really strange. Mariska is the daughter of Jane Mansfield. Now, Jane Mansfield was a woman who looked very much like Marilyn Monroe, and they were of the same era. Jane Mansfield was directly linked to Anton LaVey, the founder of the Church of Satan. Some people even believe that Jane and Anton's daughter was actually Mariska, okay? Um, articles and Wikipedia and such will say that that's not the case, but it begs the question, right? Is there another linking here? But what's really strange is how these degrees of separation link them all together. And even the eerie coincidence of Taylor and Xena looking so much alike. It's just very, very strange. And of course, the fact checkers have fact checked this and they debunk it, but something definitely to consider and look into. So let's talk a little bit about the number 33. When we talk about 33, it relates to the human body and the spine. So let's look at the spine. When you start at the very bottom, you've got the caustics and the sacrum, right? All the way at the bottom. And then you move all the way to the top to see one in the cervical area of the spine. That is 33. And even thinking about that, this is this idea, this Gnostic spiritualistic idea of enlightenment. You move from the base to the top. And this is really where 33 derives from. It is part of it but it's always been about enlightenment you guys it's always been about gnosis go back to the bible go back to genesis it's your eyes will be open the serpent said that's enlightenment this is that idea of a third eye um you will know good and evil and that was the lie of the serpent. And many of the Gnostics and those in secret societies believe that God, Elohim, our creator, was trying to suppress us from this enlightenment and this knowledge that we all should attain. And this is not the truth. This is a lie of the serpent. And so part of this is moving from the base of the spine all the way to the top. And in this process is enlightenment. And there's 33 vertebrae, as I said. Now, It also ties into the levels of Freemasonry. And again, 33 is thought to be the top level. However, if you start to look into Aleister Crowley's teachings and some of the things that he said, he has claimed that he has gone beyond those levels that most have acquired. But you see the number 33 quite often. And this idea of climbing this ladder or climbing the steps, like we saw in the music video, Karma, with Taylor Swift, it alludes to Jacob's ladder. Jacob's ladder, many of you, again, it goes back to the Bible. It always does. Jacob's ladder was seen in a dream by Jacob, and you, he saw the angels going up and down, almost like a portal, if you will, this ladder. And it's this idea of heaven and earth colliding, it's this idea of enlightenment. And this is what the Freemasons, when you look at their imagery, you see this ladder going up to the heavens and many of their belief systems are based on Solomonic magic, King Solomon, right? From the Bible. And, um, Solomon had many concubines and was taught a lot of divination and witchcraft. And they believe that there are these kind of lost keys of Solomon. And there's this magic that ensues with that. And that's why they have the pillars and they have all these things that ties in also to biology, it ties into the way the body is made, like the vertebra, they tie it always into creation. And this is a big part of this kind of Gnostic belief system. Now, 33 can also tie into um, a lot of people believe that Jesus died and was crucified when he was 33. And they many believe that he could have potentially died in 33 AD, some say 30 AD. But if that's the case, there's a tie in there with Jesus Christ himself. So when you see 33 in news articles, and when you see it in social media, and you see this nod to 33, now you can understand that it's a link to it's almost like a calling card. I like to say a calling card, like a signature. When you when you hear about like, serial murderers, right, they always leave like a token telling the people that it was them that was there. This is the same idea with... Freemasonry and the number 33 it's almost like they're saying we did this we were here we had a hand in this it's our signature and that's kind of how I've pieced it together along the way because you can really start to see how they show their numbers in the media and I hope that helps you guys to kind of understand what the 33 means but I want to shift gears a little bit because back to Taylor back to Travis Kelsey and how he started to push the the jab but also the political the political arena and how Taylor is really influencing the younger generation so Taylor went on her Instagram page and she encouraged all of her 273 million Instagram followers to get out there and register to vote well according to vote vote.org, 38,000 new voters signed up to vote. And mostly mostly those voters were the younger generation. And it says that 72% of 18-year-olds increased just by her promoting this to get out there and, and register to vote. Well, why is this interesting? Well, it plays into this whole agenda and the whole plan that they utilize these celebrities and social influencers and athletes like Travis Kelsey to push these agendas that they want, um, to come down the line. And this is really where the younger generation has to be so careful with what is being pushed on them. And so even Gavin Newsom got involved. So I want to read to you this article. It says here in this article, um, earlier this week, California Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom went so far as to say Taylor Swift's influence on the unfolding 2024 presidential election would be in quote profoundly powerful. Her ability to move political markets appear to be growing. Whether she's interested in being a political actor or not, <laughs> no matter how much she wants to avoid it, in an increasingly polarized country where everyone wants to know where you fall along a political political divide, Swift is consigned to having every action and everyone she dates picked apart by people trying to understand her politics. So these people are smart, you guys. They These people in power know how to manipulate us and they know that if they're going to get their agendas pushed, they have got to get the younger generation. And those of you under the age of 30, 25, 20 that are listening to this, they are out for your mind. They are out to get you. They are out to manipulate you. And they're using celebrities and music and actors and athletes to push this. So be smart. You are smart. You can shatter what they intended for evil and create for good. Think on your own. Absolutely ask the hard questions. Pray about it. Ask God to show you. You have that ability to step out and do something different. And I don't think we give our younger generation as much credit as we should. And you guys have that power. Don't let them steal that power from you. You have the ability to make a different decision. The media and the celebrities, they do not have control over your mind. You can take that back. You can take it back today. And so I encourage everyone listening to do that. Teach your kids that. Teach your kids to ask questions. This is what we need to get back to. So moving on, as we wrap this up, I want to touch on how Travis Kelsey pushed this idea of getting the jab. And, you know, a lot of us woke up in 2020 I did a podcast with Jenny Meyer on the Root of Truth. You guys got to check that out. We talked about what to do if you got the jab, if you took the vaccine. And, you know, I don't want to institute fear into anybody. I really don't. But I do want us to be aware of the schemes of the enemy and to understand that what these people are trying to do. And if you read their plans for 2030, and you read their 17 sustainable goals, you will start to see they want us depopulated. They want to get rid of us. We all saw the Georgia Guidestones. This is part of their world agenda. They want to create a one world order. And to do that, they have to get rid of the population. Now, how are they going to do that? Well, we saw with the pandemic, we saw everything that happened. And our job now is to be more informed and to look at this with a with a bigger lens and say, you know what? They're they're not going to do this to us again. They're not. And if you got the jab, you got the jab. You pray, you ask the Lord, you know, to heal you, to have mercy on you. Um and you don't have fear in that. You move forward and you make a better decision moving forward, right? You try to eat healthy and all that good stuff. But When we look at this, and when we look at Travis Kelsey trying to push out this stuff, and we see what's coming on October 4th, which let me talk about this. Um, October 4th is supposed to be this FEMA and FCC plan for a nationwide emergency alert test. And it's going to go off on the 4th. It's supposed to be scheduled approximately at 2.20 Pacific, or PM, sorry, uh, Eastern time. So two o'clock Eastern time on Wednesday, October 4th. And it's basically a test with all consumer cell phones and it could be some loud noises, et cetera. But what I'm going to do with this is I'm going to put my, turn my phone off, turn it on airplane mode. I'm going to put my phone in a closet, in a box somewhere, and I'm going to turn my Wi-Fi off and I'm just going to go about my day. I'm not going to obsess about this. I'm not going to freak out. I encourage you guys to do the same. It's going to, um, It says as it begins the cell towers will broadcast the test for approximately 30 minutes during this time wea compatible wireless phones that are switched on within range of an active cell tower and whose wireless provider participates should be able and capable of receiving the text message it will say this is a test of the national wireless emergency no action is needed so it's an idea that they're trying to test these cell towers, and we know that 5G has been ramped up. All of us should be aware of this by this time. Now, I want to share a personal story with one of my dear friends, and um, I asked her ahead of time if I could share this story because it is sensitive. that what was going on with her and her husband, but essentially, her husband was diagnosed with a rare cancer, and he had a huge, over a softball size um, growth on his leg. On his inner thigh above his knee. And it turned out to be cancerous. And we are very hopeful as he gets um, radiation and such done. But one thing that my friend told me is that her and her brother in law realized that that was the spot where he always put his laptop. He always set it on his lap in a chair and worked on his computer, or he put it there when he was in bed. He put his laptop on that part of his leg. And that's where the growth. Um, increased, and I just, I, she said, yeah, go ahead and share this story, and I really just want us to be aware as a public, there is stuff in this five G, in this EMF, and the radiation that's going out through these devices that we have, that is going to impact us. Now, will it impact people even more so that have been boosted two or three times? I think those people will be impacted more. I do because. There's been so many studies that have come out that have talked about what has been happening as side effects with these vaccines. And they're trying to hide it. They're trying to suppress it. And it's just, I think it's really obvious, you guys, that this was really, I believe, an experiment. And they wanted to see what would happen. And in a true experiment, you would have a placebo and varying degrees of solutions that were involved in the different level of the vaccines. And so they would... Most likely um, trace those somehow. And maybe there were certain brands or there were certain serial numbers that they traced because obviously they couldn't have all the same solution because if everybody started having the same side effects, well, they'd be found out, right? So they have to spread it across the world and track them and trace them somehow. Now, there was a guy named Todd Callender. He's an attorney and he has exposed a lot of this kind of COVID shot and the 5G stuff. And this, what he believes is a is the elite's plan for a mass genocide. And he is he is literally saying, so let me tell you who this guy is. He ran a clinical field trial of a needle-free mass vaccination device with the U.S. Treasury Department and with observance by the WHO. He's done business with many vaccine manufacturers and global health organizations, such as Pfizer and others. Todd is now an attorney at law who has done the intense research on how the WHO the WEF, the World Economic Forum, and the United Nations are utilizing the, the coronavirus pandemic to take control of the world. He unveils the essential ratification of the WHO's 2005 health regulations in the US via the Project BioShield Act and why we need to be very concerned about the new 5G death towers. Okay, so he talks about how the, the shot and the radiation coming from the 5G towers work in conjunction to kill humanity. He also talks how an 18 gigahertz signal from a 5G tower can be used to trigger harmful mechanisms contained in the vaccine within the body. So, this is this is something that I know a lot of people it's kind of a crazy topic for some to hear, but guys, we need to come to this understanding that this is this is real. There I know many of you know people that died unexpectedly that had very very horrible results from getting the jab and that I don't believe that they're going to do anything on the fourth per se that's going to cause this worldwide wide ruckus but I do believe that it's a priming and a preparing for what they have ahead so be informed be aware of what is going on and and just stay ahead of the game I mean Part of this is understanding and knowing, like I said before, if we can understand the plots and the plans and the devices of the enemy, and we can go into prayer and we can ask God to protect us, to give us that wisdom and discernment, he's going to give it to us. There's nothing we need to be afraid of. And I love what Nathan Reynolds said on my interview with him. He said, you know, we are essentially because he was fighting for his life, right? They were after him all the time. He tried to leave this system and he did. He successfully did, but he had to come to a point where he was like, I have to believe that God is going to protect me until he's ready to take me home. And we have to live that way too. This is our hope as we finish this podcast. Our hope is this. What Nathan said was, we are immortal until God says otherwise. You and I, We are immortal until God says otherwise. We literally are until he calls us home. He's a giver and and he takes away life. He is the one that determines when we die and who lives and nobody else does. So we don't have to have fear. But if you don't know God, if you still are questioning the Bible and still saying, oh my gosh, you know, like I think it was written by just a bunch of men. Well, what book wasn't written by men? This one, the Bible happens to be inspired by God, written by men. And so it's time to dust your Bibles off, it's time to ask the hard questions, and it's time to shatter the magic trick. You guys, the power lies in your hands to do this, to make this self-will choice to move into a new life today. We can make better choices moving forward today. We may have had the wool pulled over us in the days past, in the years past, but Now we're waking up and I just encourage all of you to keep going, keep having hope. Don't allow the fear to overtake you because God is for you. He is not against you. And you just need to come to an understanding that he is going to protect you on this path if you walk and abide with him. Thank you all so much for listening. If you need counseling, Christian counseling or coaching, The link is below. Feel free to reach out to me. Email me with any questions or concerns. I'm here to help you guys. Be sure to tune in next week. We have a two-part interview that you're not going to want to miss. So until then, have a great week, and we will see you next time.